From KCLU, this is The 101, a podcast where we journey up and down Highway 101 along California's central and south coasts, sharing discoveries, stories, and conversations. From Simi Valley to San Luis Obispo, and this time to space and beyond. I'm your host, Michelle Loxton. It's season four, a season about consequences. Twenty years ago this month, a Russian rocket launched into space with a brand new invention on board. That invention was the shape and size of a square tissue box. It was small in stature, but would go on to transform access to space by making it literally easier and cheaper to get into orbit. We opened the doors to space in a way that was not there before, and that was that was important. I'm very critical, but that that was one of those moments when you're like, wow, this was big. (laughs) The invention was called the CubeSat, short for Cube Satellite. The CubeSat is a very small satellite that can do all sorts of things, like take images or track objects. It all depends on what science they're sent into space to do. CubeSats have gone to Mars and been deployed by NASA to study the moon. For some countries, the CubeSat was their first ever satellite. The invention became so popular that almost every rocket that now goes into space has CubeSats on board. And last year, it was inducted into the Space Technology Hall of Fame. Even though a CubeSat fits within a box, it it causes people to think outside of the box. And I've been burying the lead a bit. The CubeSat was invented right here at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. So we do everything uh, from the design, the development, the building, and then finally once we're in orbit, the operations that involves being able to communicate with our spacecraft over radio. In this episode of The 101, the story and consequential legacy of the CubeSat. People still tell me like, wow, I can't believe you're an undergrad and you're working on something that goes into space. From an Iraq war cover-up to towns ravaged by opioids to the roots of our modern immigration crisis, Embedded explores what's been sealed off and undisclosed. NPR's original investigative podcast reveals why these stories and the people behind them matter. Listen to the Embedded podcast only from NPR. This is The 101. I'm Michelle Luxton. The story of the CubeSat started with a big problem for one Cal Poly professor. It was actually a a critical problem for us, but it was a problem that nobody else cared about. This is Jordi Pugzwari, an emeritus professor from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. He co-invented the CubeSat with Bob Twiggs from Stanford. Pugzwari is now retired and has spent the last four years sailing around the world with his wife. I talked to him over Zoom from Tahiti, French Polynesia. He takes me back two decades to his time as a professor at Cal Poly, where he was hired to develop their aerospace engineering department. So universities, we are trying to train students. I mean, Cal Poly in particular, we're learned by doing. And if you want to do space, uh, we needed to get involved with touching space hardware. Satellites, specifically, that ended up in space. But there were these never-ending projects 
because launching them was very, very difficult. You can build a satellite in a lab, but how do you get it into space? Not everyone has a rocket in their backyard. Pugswari said launching was almost impossible because there was very little access to the rockets that took stuff into space at that time. It was also very expensive. And what ended up happening is you would work on a satellite and it would take years and years and years uh, to finish because you never had to finish. There is, there is no launch. So making things for space that never ended up in space was a problem. So they set out to solve it. What they needed to do was find some way to get their satellites onto the rockets that go into space. There's probably a corner of the rocket somewhere where we can put this little thing and and the rocket guys won't get too upset. The other thing that happened is we very quickly realized that the launch providers were very concerned about carrying student satellites. There was a stigma to the fact that this is built by students, it's a risk to my mission, you know. So they thought, why don't we make something that solves both these concerns? Something very small that keeps all the risk safely contained inside it. Basically, we, we call it a risk containment mechanism. We put all the risk inside this box and we said if, if the satellites break, if they don't work, if something goes wrong, it will stay inside the box. And so that is how the CubeSat was born. Now, it's important to clarify here exactly what they invented. The CubeSat is any satellite that conforms to an exact set of specs. It's the specs you need to follow when creating the cube that contains everything inside your own very small satellite. The CubeSat is a dimensional standard. It doesn't tell you what needs to be inside your satellite. It tells you how it needs to be contained if you want to send it into space. We don't really get into what the satellites do. A lot of people feel that the standard controls, you know, the electronics or the radios or anything like that, and that's not correct. We're primarily a dimension so that you fit in the standardized uh, deployment mechanism. Think of it like when you take a carry-on suitcase on a flight. That suitcase has to be a specific size and shape, otherwise it's not going in the cabin. The CubeSat is a much stricter version of that, which happens to go to space. They go to space as auxiliary payloads on missions that are pre-planned. So CubeSats are launched into space on a rocket, but they need to be deployed to actually do the work of the satellite. So Cal Poly needed a way to get the CubeSats off the rockets once they were in space. So they invented something called the P-Pod, which houses the CubeSat and then pushes it out once it's in orbit. Think of it like a jack-in-the-box. Put the CubeSat inside and, and they get deployed. And you'll hear there, Pugswari said CubeSats, plural. Deployers with enough space for multiple CubeSats started being developed and it grew from there. Three-unit CubeSats, six-unit CubeSats. And this type of innovation was possible because the university made the CubeSat an open standard, meaning they didn't charge anything for it. They published their invention and said anybody can use it. They do, though, still maintain the standard today so that there is uniformity, as the name suggests, a standard across the industry.
CubeSats that go into space are really diverse. Yes, they all fit into that CubeSat standard and Peapod or deployers, but once they're in space, they can open up and expand in so many different ways. It all depends on what the CubeSat is sent up to do, what science is it testing or doing. But then when they get to orbit, people will deploy antennas, they'll deploy solar panels, they'll deploy all kinds of booms and other things. So when you see them pictured in operation, they all look different. There's all these different satellites that don't really look the same, but they're all CubeSats. They're also much less expensive to make than the satellites of the past. Many call the CubeSat the cheapest way to access space. Before, satellites could cost between a hundred million to a few billion dollars to build. Today, you're looking at as little as $200,000 for a CubeSat. And it's because you don't need a huge building and massive facilities. With a CubeSat, I mean, you, you can build a satellite on a tabletop and you can carry it as luggage, you know, carry on luggage on your flight. For many countries, the CubeSat was their first ever satellite. This includes Colombia and Switzerland. From there, many countries followed. Hungary, Vietnam, the list goes on. I mean, when Colombia launched their first satellite, all their neighbors wanted one as well. I mean, Peru launched the satellite. And everybody was like, oh, if they can do it, we can do it too. Pugsuari was involved in over 100 CubeSat launches. And that was at a point where Cal Poly was basically managing all the launches for CubeSats in the United States. So NASA selected us to, to provide that service. After a few years, the university realized that this was becoming a commercial activity. Private industry needed to step up. Uh, so Planet is a very well-known company now because when you're watching the news and they're showing you pictures of the earthquake in Turkey or something in Ukraine, they'll always say, these images by Planet. Planet realized they could put a telescope on a CubeSat and do Earth observation. And then everybody thought, you're crazy. So they started a company and now with Planet, they have hundreds of satellites up, both CubeSats and bigger ones. And they're very successful at providing imagery for everybody. There's a CubeSat conference at Cal Poly each year attended by hundreds of people. According to an industry research report, the CubeSat market, which includes government, military and private industry, is expected to grow from around $200 million in 2022 to approximately $762 million by 2029. That's an annualized growth rate of over 15%. They're so popular today that it's hard to keep track of all of them. They've almost become ubiquitous with launches. So it's, it's literally sometimes every week, uh, there's been um, times when every few days there was a launch that carried CubeSats. So it, it, it's pretty regular right now. In an office park in San Luis Obispo, the team at Maverick Space Systems are hard at work helping their commercial and government clients get their CubeSats into space. Inside their clean room, they are testing one of their CubeSat deployers that they make themselves. Remember the Peapod from Cal Poly? Maverick have their own version called the NLAS. 
it's made of a mix of carbon fiber and aluminum. Um, so the gold stuff you see is aluminum and of course the black stuff you see, uh, the big panels are, are carbon fiber. This is Vidur Kashish, the co-founder and COO of Maverick Space Systems. And it's essentially the size of a large cereal box you can buy at Costco. Um, and that's the size of a 6U CubeSat. He's wearing a hairnet, gloves and other protective gear as he handles their deployer, which can fit six CubeSats inside. They will test that these satellites can survive the launch environment and that they are safe to launch. Then they bolt it to a rocket and send it to space. And then it goes to space, the rocket sends a signal, the door springs open, and just like a jack-in-the-box, there's a spring that pushes the satellite out. Maverick Space Systems is one of the private companies that was created because of the invention of the CubeSat. Kind of think of them like a rideshare company, an Uber for satellites of different sizes, including CubeSats. If someone has built a satellite and they want to launch it to space, they come to us, we find them a ride, we find a way to mount them to the rocket and deploy them in space. They have relationships with rocket companies who don't want to deal with hundreds of customers and prefer to deal with just one middleman. So we bring the payloads to the launch vehicles. We handle the interface with all these different customers so that SpaceX and Rocket Lab and all these other companies don't have to. Uh, we know what the launch vehicles are looking for, so we're experienced in that field. They've sent all sorts of satellites into space for their clients. Satellites that do mapping of the Earth's surface looking for resources like oil. There's satellites that track shipping containers that fall off ships. And they help NASA send a CubeSat to the moon. In the past, we've worked with JPL and launched uh, MARCO, Mars CubeSat 1, which was the first interplanetary CubeSat. Um, we didn't build it, but we helped launch it, and, and that feels great as well. Kashish says CubeSats have really helped commercialize and democratize space. He uses the word democratize because he says this invention has made space so much more accessible to a multitude of people. So you're not limited to those, those big multi-million dollar companies that can afford to do this. You can be a small startup, you can have a great idea, and you can test it on a CubeSat, and you can launch it for not that much money. Not far from Maverick Space Systems is the place where the CubeSat was invented. Uh, right now, we're inside the clean room facility that we use to build our spacecraft. John Bellado is the current director of the CubeSat lab at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. We're seated inside a room with the sounds of computer servers and a hard-at-work filtration system buzz in the background. Large plastic sheeting hangs from the ceiling separating workspaces, and posters and mechanical drawings of previous space missions adorn the walls. So we do everything uh, from the design, the development, the building. And then finally, once we're in orbit, the operations that involves being able to communicate with our spacecraft over radio. This lab has completely built and launched 14 CubeSats and has helped set up the launch of hundreds of others. And their location just down the road from Vandenberg Space Force Base is a perk. That's one of the real benefits of being, you know, an hour or so away from Vandenberg is that when your spacecraft is being launched out of Vandenberg, you know, half the lab, three quarters of the lab will drive down there and watch it. Bellardo says the most exciting part of his job is working with students. Remember, that's why the CubeSat was invented in the first place. 
Cal Poly is known for learn by doing, right? And sort of hands-on education. And the CubeSat is, you know, in my mind, one of the, the great embodiments of that because the students can spend, you know, year, year and a half working on a spacecraft, right? It's not just, you know, theoretic in a lab somewhere. They're actually touching the hardware. And then what they build ends up being launched and go to space. And they're currently working on some really cool technology. You know, the stuff that goes inside the CubeSats. One of their latest projects is to mitigate one of the biggest challenges in space right now, and that's space debris or junk. Currently, objects may stay up in orbit for 25 years. Older objects even longer, thousands of years. Cal Poly Space Lab is currently working on technology that would help bring the object out of orbit faster. To do that, they're testing a sail, like you get on a boat, on a CubeSat. We're using it more as a drag sail. Uh, so even though space is a vacuum, it's not totally devoid of particles. There's still some molecules up there. Not very many, right, but some. Enough that if you deploy a large sail off the back of your spacecraft, the particles are going to hit that sail and they will slow you down. The idea is that by slowing down the spacecraft, the orbit evolves and it's going to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere faster and burn up. And students are heavily involved in these projects. We leave the clean room facility and walk a short way across campus. Bellardo points out two very large antennas on top of one of the buildings as we walk. Each one of those antennas uh, has two different masts. The masts are 16 feet long each. It's a little hard to tell from this distance, but if you get right up next to them, they're, they're pretty tall. Um, and they have to rotate to point at the spacecraft. We end up at a student-run research lab. Textbooks fill shelves. Mechanical and electrical parts are scattered across workspaces where students are deep in conversation about their projects. My name is Alice Kostovsky and I'm studying aerospace engineering. Uh, my name is Kayla Del Rosario and I'm studying mechanical engineering. Alice and Kayla are two of about 60 students that make up the team that tests and builds the CubeSats at Cal Poly. Here's Alice. The fact that I get to design hardware and build things that actually get to go into space is absolutely incredible because even as a fourth year undergrad, it still amazes me that I'm able to work on something so significant. People still tell me like, wow, I can't believe you're an undergrad and you're working on something that goes into space. Kayla was turned on to the whole thing at her school orientation tour with an older student. And he's like, I can say to people, I've worked on something right now that's in space, that's in orbit. And I was like, that is so cool. And that's what inspired me to, to join lab. On a tour of the lab, Alice shows me one of her favorite spots. She takes me over to a deconstructed model of a CubeSat. Imagine that square tissue box opened out, lying flat on a tabletop. She puts on a metal bracelet that grounds her as she handles electronics so she doesn't get shocked. This is a project they worked on a few years ago called FADE. Stands for Air Firefly Aerodynamic Deorbit Experiment. Um, unfortunately, FADE did not quite make it to orbit because Firefly, the rocket that FADE was flying on, um, unfortunately combusted and exploded in the atmosphere. But it was a very good learning experience for us. The impact of the CubeSat 
has even made its way into high school classrooms. All right, you guys come in. Go in this way because that other side is all muddy. Five students at Grace Brethren High School in Simi Valley are getting ready for a special class on CubeSats. Darren Yui is their teacher. Don't worry, hey, don't worry about your project. You guys are going to work on that a little bit. Yui teaches engineering at the high school. Today, I'm sitting in on their spacecraft engineering class. Okay, so... You guys should have worked on your flight software a little bit. It is, it, it, I knew it was going to be a little bit challenging. So we'll clarify that a little bit later and we'll give you guys some time to work on that. And one of the most important Students are learning how to write requirements for a satellite, a, a small day. part of the process of creating a CubeSat. Definitely the class has some very uh, challenging concepts in it. Um, they're not things that normally students would be familiar with. Besides his engineering classroom, where all the theoretical work is taking place, Grace Brethren also has a space lab where students work on building things. Every year, they try to create a cube sim. Um, and a cube sim is basically what they call an engineering model of a CubeSat. So it's not space ready, but it has all the functionality of uh, an actual CubeSat that you would send into space. Yui says it's a very remote possibility of them actually sending a CubeSat to space. Ironically, because the industry has opened up so much because of the invention of the CubeSat. It's more competitive to get something out there, so you have to be really innovative in your ideas. So no CubeSat launch in the near future, but he's not going to stop working on it. We would love to do that, and that's something I will continue to pursue as long as I'm here. UE's students love learning about CubeSats. They believe what they learn in the class will have a positive impact on their future as they consider careers in the fields of engineering and aerospace. Here's 10th grader Grant Kobos. Space, I'm not a huge nerd on space, but I am a huge nerd on creating things. There's a lot of skills that go into putting the CubeSat together, and it's fun. I like learning, and I like increasing my knowledge in those skills. From a classroom in Simi Valley, to an office park in San Luis Obispo, to the moon and beyond, Jordi Pugswari is very much aware of his invention's legacy. It really hits home for him when he travels back to his home country of Spain. I was born in Barcelona and um, wanted to build planes, and that's something that Spain didn't do. So I went to the U.S. for school and moved from planes to satellites and the rest of history kind of thing. You know, I stayed, which happens to a lot of people. Today, because of his invention, Spain is building its own CubeSats. Pugswari is also proud of proving so many of his critics wrong. Nobody believed these things could do anything when we started, but we were okay because we, we wanted to train students and that's all, all that we needed. The thing that was very interesting is that those same people were building CubeSats a few years later. Head over to kclu.org slash podcast where you'll find photos from my reporting, including from Cal Poly, Maverick Space Systems, and Grace Brethren High School. The 101 is produced by KCLU Public Radio. We are NPR for the California Coast, part of the NPR Podcast Network. This episode was edited by Elisa Barber. I'm Michelle Loxton, the host and creator of The 101. If you have an idea or a story for one of our next episodes, email me at podcast at kclu.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, 
tell a friend about it today. Don't forget to subscribe. I'd also love it if you'd rate or review our podcast. That helps others find our podcast. This is the 101 